Hello and welcome to Game Pass Forever, a standalone segment of the Outside is Overrated podcast. Each month we dive into a new game off the Xbox Game Pass lineup. This segment exists because of the generous support of our backers on Patreon. If you enjoy this content, please visit patreon.com OIO and consider pledging $2 a month to support the show. Outside is Overrated is presented by Premier Health. Check out their website at premierhealthmn.com. I'm your host, Tom Sedlachik, and joining me for our discussion tonight are the Hobby Box, Joe Burns. hey yo, And Dr. C, Casey Aline. Hey, what's happening, everybody? For April's Game Pass Forever game, never mind why there's a pause in there, I am not Ron Burgundy, our benevolent overlords on Patreon chose Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order by Respawn. The studio is known for creating Call of Duty. They also have Titanfall and Apex Legends on their credits. Jedi Fallen Order is a third-person action melee combat game. The core gameplay loop consists of exploring planets, battling stormtroopers and indigenous beasts, sliding down a surprising number of slick surfaces, (laughs) and resetting your connection to the Force. Jedi Fallen Order is Respawn's take on a Souls-type game. There are three main areas I want to focus on, exploration, combat, and story. Casey, you've never played a game in this genre before, or any video game for that matter. How was the overall experience for you? Uh, yeah, you, you are right, Tom. I've never played a, a Souls-style game before. Um, Souls-style being video? <laughs> sure. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> I'm going to completely derail us for a second. I just finished listening to the Batman episode of Outside is Overrated, and I have to give you credit, my friend. Like I threw shade at you like a hundred times with that show, and every time you just laughed it off. And I feel like that... That helps me get into my comfort zone. Like just having someone to be mean to and to like uh, throw insults at, it really helps center me. So thank you for filling that role for me. Uh, you are you are welcome. Yes, very very welcome, Tom. I, I'll so be you, your punching bag. That's that's fine. I appreciate you. <laughs> but your first time with the Souls type game, how was that experience? Yeah, it was fun. It took some getting used to. I think the closest thing that I've had to this in the style in the past was Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. And I'm going to stop you for a second. I guess this is the show of a thousand tangents. You said it took a little time getting used to. Like, you put like 10, 20 hours, something like that in that game. For me, it took Bloodborne to get used to the Soul Styles game. Burns, are you with me? Are you a fast adapter like Mr. Twitch Reflexes over here? I mean, well, so I guess I don't know if my experience with Bloodborne helped me significantly with this game. Uh, It's it's similar, like it's. I mean, the design is similar in that you have your little checkpoint things that you go to. In this case, they're like meditation points where you like store your things and level up and stuff. But uh, it's there, there's a lot of differences between that and a Souls game too. So I guess the core thing that I carry over from Bloodborne <clears throat> is the movement aspect of dodge, parry, slash. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's some of that. You can actually block in this game, though, which is a little bit different than Bloodborne, a little bit more like the Souls games in general, where you're trying to do uh, some of the parry types of things. Um, And I did actually have a note a little later on that this game is much more Dark Souls than it is Bloodborne. Most likely, yes, because, because Bloodborne is very unique in that you don't really block, you just have your gun to try to stagger things, right? Um, But I, I, I think it, it's, it's a much if you were going to say someone was going to make a Souls type game that was a Star Wars game, this is what it should be so that it's accessible enough for people that like Star Wars to play it um, and makes sense enough for people that like Star Wars to understand what's going on. Well, fortunately, Casey loves Star Wars. Should we let him speak or should I just keep vamping with him? <laughs> we, we, we could just keep talking without him and, and, and you know, pretending he's not even here. But, yeah, I'd like to hear more on what Casey thinks. Casey, you're comparing it to Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, which we played last year about this time for Game Pass Forever. Yeah, and only because that's with the combat in that game, it, it required some blocking and parrying and, and dodge rolls and things and, and timing. Uh, the main difference between that one and this one is that this game was fun. This, yeah, that, this game is fun. This, this game definitely didn't have the pacing issues that the sinuous sacrifice had. And then also in Hellblade, there was only like four main enemies who so you're fighting the same ones over and over again. So the diversity of enemies in, in this game made it a lot more interesting. And thankfully I don't mind dying over and over again in a video game and getting used to some mechanics and things as long as I can see through the trees, you know, to get to where I need to go. So I, I don't mind that. And it's actually, I don't mind the challenge because it, 
it's some of it's almost comical, and we'll get into it later, but like fighting different enemies and just getting your butt whooped and then going back to it the next time and just absolutely dominating them because you like your timing, you just figured out, oh, I'm just off this little bit. And in the end, it actually, you know, like that sort of thing, that, that Souls combat, if that's what it's like, I didn't, didn't mind that. It actually ended up being kind of fun. I think that you would actually resonate really well with the Dark Souls games, and I was excited to do a Dark Souls show this year before we pivoted. Joey, I think you and I were in a similar boat with this game. We both played it around launch. I think you played it right at launch. I played it just after launch, both on PlayStation. I went back to it on the Xbox. How was it for you going back to Jedi Fallen Order? It was it was smooth, especially considering <clears throat> the last couple of games that I went back to recently were after like a four year and 10 year difference. So this was a little bit easier to get into. I wasn't deeper. I wasn't super deep into it. I was basically on the tutorial planet. Was that uh, both XCOM and Horizon Zero Dawn that you yes. came back to you for the show? Yes, yes. And so, and like I said, I, I basically gave up on replaying from where I started or from where I was at the XCOM game because it's just like I had no clue what I was doing with my base. Like, research i had a bunch of random things i could research i was like i don't know what i need right now and so it was just, i played like one mission and it was just like okay i i don't think i can do this so i'm just gonna just gonna pick up xcom 2 but but this was pretty smooth to get back into i was um uh and i cannot remember the names of the planets bogano right is the first planet that you go to before you can choose where you go correct right and so that's where I was. I was I was just a little bit into that planet um, was where I had left off. So pretty early on into the game. And so I was able to pick everything up fairly quickly, look at the controls to grab a couple of the things I couldn't remember. Uh, I really enjoyed it, though. I, I think the combat is the combat's a lot of fun without the cumbersome nature of some of these types of games where I think it's a little bit more forgiving in a lot of instances. You still have to time a parry right in order to be able to either successfully block a melee attack and parry it or shoot or, or strike a like energy bolt back at somebody that they shoot at you. So you still have to time that right. But uh, I, I think, and first off, it's like the power fantasy of a, of a Star Wars game where you have a lightsaber and you get to throw that around and, and stab people with it. Uh, I think also, like I, I mean, it's definitely inspired by the Souls games, but it's hard for me to really call this a Souls experience, just because it has, it, it has a story that makes sense that you can you can like actually piece together what's going on. And let's give the story a little more credit than that. I I know for a from software game that would be high praise saying the story that makes yeah. sense. I'd say the story in this is actually really good. Well, it's yeah. a really good Star Wars story. Yeah, I was more so throwing shade at Souls games where it's like, you know, I need five wikis to figure out what the heck I just d- learned in this game, whereas this it's like, hey, it's a it's a it's an actual story. And uh, it has a progression system that, like, makes sense. Like, I'm going to unlock this skill, and this is what it does. Not, I have to level up eight times into a stat to see if that maybe does what this weapon needs. I get what you're saying. You make a very good point. But I, <laughs> personally, now that I'm near the end of the skill tree and I have most of the skills unlocked, like, I kind of miss that from software freedom with leveling up, where you're free to level up however you want, even if it's really stupidly. Like, I think back... Uh, now that I played Budborn, I think back to my Dark Souls build where I split my points between strength and agility and vitality. It's like, oh, yeah, I really neutered my attack power by splitting be- be- between those two stats. That build is probably not feasible, and now I have to start all over. Like, yeah, that sucks, but it's like, it's on me. I guess I should have watched a video, read a wiki, done something to prepare myself to level up instead of just hoping that strength and dexterity would both... Uh, work together to build your stats as opposed to hampering each other. Yeah. So I would say this is souls. This is souls in combat, but not necessarily souls in like the actual RPG mechanics of it. I think the other thing that you can sort of see in this game is the, the, the director of the game is Stig Asmussen, who was the game director for God of War three and also was like one of the battle designers for the first two God of War games. And you can see a lot of like the combat from those early games. 
Um, granted, you know, this is a fully 3D environment, not like those original God of War games where it was like a picture of an environment and you're mm-hmm. moving around through it kind of. Uh, so this is much better from that perspective, but you can kind of see that lineage in the combat from, you know, playing those games when I was growing up a little bit also. Well, Casey's never played video games, and I never played the God of War series until really? the PS4 title. Interesting. I guess I've dabbled a little bit with the remake of one, but I was never super into them. Also, what an awesome name is Stig. Yeah, Stig is Stig. a really good name. <laughs> I think it's short for Stigmund. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Jedi Fallen Order. I think that melee combat games are best with a lightsaber. Like this, maybe Elden Ring will top this experience, but I just had a ball jumping back into this game. From what people say, Elden Ring will top this experience because apparently Elden Ring tops all experiences. I can't believe how many people love that game. Yeah, it's well, and even people that haven't played like much for those types of games are still just fall in love with it. It's it's kind of it's kind of insane. What if we just wipe the slate of the entire OIO schedule with everything except for the Sherlock show at fifty, and we just do Elden make the outside is overrated the Elden Ring podcast for our experience going through them. I mean, I have the <laughs> game at home right now. So I do too. It's and we possible. can like take our cases and rub them on Casey's head and say, "Is this a fulfilling experience for you, Casey?" <laughs> <laughs> That's the real Souls experience. <laughs> is we're just taunting him <laughs> exactly. Uh, Coming back to Jedi Fallen Order, (laughs) exploration can make or break a game like this. Jedi Fallen Order takes place primarily on five planets. Each board is a carefully designed level with enemies to fight, save points, and secrets to discover. Burns, what did you think of the level design and the overall sense of exploration? I I think it's... So they do a really good job of making each planet distinct, and it seemed like it's its own individual place. Um, You know, and getting to go to, like, Kashyyyk, the home of the Wookiees, you hear about it a lot in some of like the lore, but I don't, maybe one of the earlier games you went there at one point. I think the Starkiller game, what uh, was that? Force Unleashed, I think. Okay, to go to gotcha. Kashyyyk. So yeah, uh, so, so it was fun to go there and be able to experience, be, be able to experience that. Um, I, they do a really good job of making like interesting nooks and crannies to find. Uh, I, you know, if we're, because we keep, Bouncing back and forth between comparing this to like a Souls games, uh, it didn't have like the the like the wonder of really uncovering things, kind of like Yarnum is in Bloodborne. Yeah, we'll use Bloodborne as a comparison because that's the game you and I are most familiar with. Yeah. Bloodborne has these big, massive levels that are packed full of secrets. Jedi Fallen Order is a much more focused experience. Yes. The boards are a lot smaller, but there's secrets sprinkled in here and there. It's like as you're wandering through, maybe turn around behind you and be like, oh, yeah, there's a little path or there's a little thing I can double jump up to. Cool. Yeah. And, it, and it's also, I, I would say it's almost like Metroid-like in that you find different paths that you can get to, but you don't have the powers to unlock them yet. And once you unlock those powers, then you can come back there later and then unlock that area and see what's behind, you know, that that pipe that you couldn't knock over or, you know, the vine that you couldn't grasp to be able to swing over to. Two points here. First, a quick question. Have any of us played Metroid? I've played a little bit of Super Metroid, just a little bit. I've played like other Metroid-like games like Axiom Verge a bit. Um, and I know that that's like very Metroid inspired. It's a Metroidvania, but it's much more Metroid inspired than Castlevania inspired. But I've never played a Metroid game. I've only played the original on the original Nintendo. That's the only version of Metroid I've ever played. We are so well equipped to talk about <laughs> video games on a podcast. <laughs> uh, my second point, that Metroid aspect is actually kind of frustrating for me. Like when I get into a world, I want to explore it all. Like I want to take my time, see all the stuff, touch all the things, find all the MacGuffins, and then move on to the next world. It is really hard for me when things are gated off. Like Bogano is akin to my personal hell (laughs) because like (laughs) there are different abilities that you acquire on the different worlds that you need to just to get around Bogano. Like that's the first world. And I know my first playthrough, I got really bogged down trying to fight the frogs and like find everything I could there. And there's just a lot of stuff that you just cannot get to until later in the game. And that is personally very frustrating for me. The one thing I will say, um, kind of counter that because sometimes you don't realize you can't get somewhere until you jump and fall (laughs) enough times 
the one thing that I will say that I wish every other game would do that this game does is when you fall down a hole, you just pop back up, you lose a little bit of your life, and you're right where you jumped from. You like, can, that uh, is awesome. You can fall to your death, like, forever. Oh, seriously? Yeah, it happened to me on Kashyyyk towards the end. Really? Yeah, fortunately, you just go back to where you were, and, like, your soul's pile is just standing on a ledge. Interesting, got yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't think it was possible until it happened to me. Uh, my, my counter to your point is the thing that I wish would carry from Jedi Fallen Order to every other game in the history of existence is the hollow map. There's a yeah. map that you can pull up and it shows which paths you can currently access, which ones are currently blocked off because you don't have the abilities. And that is awesome. Because like otherwise, I would have literally never left Pagano in either one of my playthroughs. <laughs> there's some people, like, there's some people that actually hated the map. I don't know why, if it's just because it just didn't make sense spatially to them. But I remember that being a talking point when the game came out that some people just like despised the map. And it's like, I always liked it. I thought it was really cool. And you could switch levels to sort of for some of the things that are like three or four levels high, you can switch between them and then it'll show you like what your percentages complete from exploration, how many chests you found, how many secrets you found in that area. Like, I don't know. I thought it was perfect. It was it was able to see what do I have left to try to check the boxes off of uh, when I'm going through an area. I agree. Casey, how helpful did you find the map when you went to Dathomir out of the gate? <laughs> um, the map took a little bit of getting used to, like the combat system. But I think, like you guys, it was a super helpful tool when you got used to kind of maneuvering around and everything. Dathomir. That was um, a good transition that I made right there. That, that was, was yes. So, in the beginning, when we were talking about exploration, you said it could uh, possibly make or break a game like this. <laughs> It almost broke it for me in the beginning. Um, so in the very, very beginning, after you complete uh, whatever the first planet is, you have a choice to go to Dathomir or Zepho. Or, or Zepho. Go to Zepho. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went to Dathomir, and I partially blame my, my oldest son, Caden, because he, as we kind of mentioned in the past, had beaten this game. So he was sitting there with me. He was excited for me to kind of play through it. And he was like, oh, if you go to uh, Dathomir, they have a, a double-sided lightsaber that you can get there. And I was like, cool, sounds awesome. And then when I got there, I kind of blame myself because what happened is I realized pretty quickly that the enemies there were far too difficult for me. So what I ended up doing is sprinting past everything and getting to a point... Where you jump what, down a big ledge and you can't go back. <laughs> I, well, I didn't jump down a big ledge. What happened is there's a there's a le there is a ledge, but there's two ropes. You have to swing across. So you swing across the two ropes, and then there's a save point. So you meditate there, and that was my mistake because after I saved, I had no choice but to either well the choice is to go forward or go back. And after about twenty tries to get to where the lightsaber was. Uh, my son trying to help me through everything. Like I didn't give him the controller, but he's like kind of explaining like where I had to go. And like, we figured out like, I don't know what he did, how he did it. Like just if maybe he had just from playing it or whatever. Um, I was not able to move forward past these super tough enemies. And then I'm like, well, crap, I got to go back to the ship. So in order to go back to the ship, you have to reverse the swing across this big pit again, which is infinitely harder than going the other way. Especially when you don't have force pull, I'm sure, to grab the rope. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> That's a very, very big part of it. And I and I did end up doing it eventually, but it got to the point where I I tried for probably a good hour to get off this planet. And I sent you guys a message <laughs> at that point in time, like, I'm two hours into this game. I honestly don't know if I can continue on. And, and not because, like... It wasn't enjoyable, although at the time it really wasn't fun. I was having <laughs> zero fun in the game. I got through everything, like the you know getting used to some of the initial like combat through the um, tutorial and everything. Like that was that was all fine and fun, but trying to get off of Dathomir so I could just continue the main storyline was so frustrating for me. Um, and I think like it's an odd choice for the developers because I have to wonder how many other people like got into that situation that I was in and just said, F it, I'm done with this. I'm not moving on and just gave up. And like, thankfully for me, I was like, well, I don't want to give up after two hours. I need to try to get something out of this game to see, you know, to try to contribute to this. Uh -huh. And it's funny the next morning I w woke up or the next day when I played it, I got past it in the first shot. Like I'm like, uh -huh. I don't know if it was just like my frustrations and everything. I couldn't couldn't just get it, but I got out of there in the first shot and I was able to continue on and after that I I really 
thankfully, uh, have enjoyed everything that came beyond that. Yeah, clear two, eyes, full hearts, can't lose. That's, yeah. you know. <laughs> two things. First off, did you truly want to get further into the game so that you could contribute to this standalone segment of the Outside is Overrated podcast? Or did you just want to avoid being a punchline like Brian with the great Tales from the Borderlands debacle? <laughs> I think those are two completely different things. I think he hated that game and he just like decided he didn't want to play it anymore. I mean, I hated the game at that point in time, but Sorry, Brian. I have a little more fortitude than you do, I guess. And, and it, it, it was, I, I truly felt like I needed something to contribute. Like, I can't just do the tutorial and be like, oh, well, this is what I thought, guys. Like, I was ready to, like, here's what I didn't want to do. I'm like, smash your right, control well, through the like, TV. It was either that or restart all the way from the beginning. I mean, I was two hours in, so, like, I would have had to redone the tutorial, all that sort of stuff all yeah. over again, which would have been a pain in the butt. But I wasn't that far into the game where... I wouldn't have had, you know, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. So that was my other option, and that was what I was going to do if I couldn't couldn't get off of there. And thankfully, I did it the first first try of, of the next day when I tried it after like an hour the night before, just face red, hand shaking, <laughs> and rage. So did, did you get the lightsaber upgrade? Or no? I did not. You did no. not until later. Or no. did you probably never made it back? Never, God. never went back either. Yeah, PTSD. not yet. It's yeah, not. Like, I well, can't. I can't. I'm not, yeah, I, it'd be interesting to see, because I'm not, I didn't make it quite as far as you guys, but I have a much better understanding of how the game works, and I do have, you know, some more skills yeah. and, and uh, more stim packs and things that would make survivability a lot, a lot easier. Yeah, but, but well, because counter to that, like, I went to, so I went to Zepho first, uh, then Kashyyyk, and then back to Zepho. And then Dathomir. You, and, got, you didn't go back to Bogano at any point in there? Oh, no. Bo, the, yeah, Bogano. Uh, no, I did not go back to Bogano yet. Oh, man. There are two stim canisters right by the ship in Bogano. Oh, nice. After you go to the first Zepho terminal and, like, uh, Siri just happens to casually mention offhand that you should go back to Bogano because Cordova had uh, supplies stashed all over the place. So I did find I did find one stash, like, there's, like, a little, like, hut area close to where the ship is. Like, it's on, like, the lower level, or maybe it's the lower level of where the ship is. I did find that the first time I was there, and I think I did get one stim canister. There might be a second one that I need. I have have four right now. You needed the power that you get in the first Zepho tomb to get the two that I got. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I ended with six canisters. Okay, so those are maybe the two that I don't have yet. There's Um, also one that I got in Kashyyyk. Gotcha. In the second part. Um... I had a second point about Dathomir. Casey, you said that it was a curious design decision to let you go there right out of the gate. It's even, it's compounded by the fact that you have to go to Dathomir later in the game and you literally cannot explore all of Dathomir until you have been to Kashyyyk the second time and gotten the double jump ability. Well, I think though it's, it's giving people the option to, it's trying to give people a little bit of a choice. And, and so if people are like, People have either if they've played the game before and it's like, well, I just want the double bladed lightsaber right away, right? Then maybe it's just okay. I'm gonna go there first and grab it because you know I can kite around these enemies or whatever with the skills I got, or you know, or maybe if you play it on like story mode, you're able to get through it a little bit easier too. I'm not sure. Um, or it's just like, hey, some people are masochists and want to hate themselves, so what? let's send them. Let's allow them to go there first. Casey, I'm, do you want to hate yourself to too? Because like. Most people probably don't realize like that there's a double bladed lightsaber there, and that's why I went there. So had I gone there not knowing this, and I just ended up like that first set yeah. of enemies you encounter is so difficult, I'd have just been like, "F this, I better right. you know like get the heck out of here." But I was like, "No, I'm going to get this lightsaber." So I went on and got to a point where I got physically stuck. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think most people probably would not try to push through or just be like. I'm running past all this because, yeah, it, that's yeah. where the main mistake was. That I yeah. got to a point where I couldn't get back. Going there later, like, I don't know. I mean, it was still some of the enemies were difficult. And I got I died a couple of times to a couple of different dudes. But it was not nearly as hard as it would have been if I would have went, like, right away without some of the force powers I had. Yeah, and two stim packs. zero. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, two stim packs. Yes, exactly. Two stim packs and only slow with the force. Uh-huh. Yikes. It, not even that, right? At that point? I think you get slow on Bogano, don't do you? you? Maybe you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Sounds like that was a fun experience, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> we enjoyed listening about it. 
I really did. I'm like, oh man, he's never going to play this game again. I'm going to rip him so hard on the show. Uh, the core conflict of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is against the Empire, so you are battling different types of stormtroopers, purge troopers, and a group of sisters who are trying to hunt down anyone connected to the Jedi Order. Sister is kind of a misleading term. It's not like a band of siblings. It's a bunch of Force-sensitive people that the Empire has corrupted and turned into yeah. Jedi hunters. Yeah, they're, they're like Sith hunters. Sith bounty hunters, I guess would be a way to put it. Yeah, pretty accurate. You're armed with a lightsaber and a growing set of Force powers, including slow, push, and pull. Combat puts a heavy emphasis on parrying. Casey, in your fun adventures on Dathomir, did you find the combat fun or was it too challenging? Dathomir, challenging. <laughs> uh, but no, I actually enjoyed the style of combat. Uh, like I was saying. Well, you, look you, at Mr. Twitch reflexes <laughs> over here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's that. Like I said, it's just my uh, willingness to allow myself to die and get used to it, I think, yeah. is more part of it. Um, and you can't just hack and slash your way through levels. You have to use timing. You have to parry. You have to evade to get the upper hand. It's actually, like I said, it was comical at times where I'm fighting certain enemies and, like, I won't get a hit in. And I'm just getting hammered and hammered, pop a stim pack, getting smoked. And then, like, I end up dying. I'm like, wow, that was super frustrating. And then the second time I encountered it, I don't even get hit. I mean, that's how crazy the combat is sometimes mm -hmm. so just getting getting used to that timing um is is just something that you're gonna have to go into this game knowing that that's what how this is gonna be yeah one of the most satisfying things for me was when i nailed the timing on those stupid spiders that are everywhere those big fat spiders mm -hmm. and like they'll come in and they'll try to like bite you with their pinchers and like if you time the block right you get an instant kill on them and oh really okay. it got to the point where like they were no challenge at all for me. Like I just stand there and wait for them to run up and attack me and then parry and boom, they're down. Yeah. See, I, I, in these games, I default to dodging first and blocking second to a fault. Generally I do too, but it's the stormtroopers shooting bolts at you all the time. Like true. It really got me accustomed to uh, using L one or left bumper on the Xbox. Also, I learned, I used three different controllers for this game. The Xbox One controller, not very comfortable, okay. especially to use left bumper over and over again. The controller that came with the Series X was an upgrade, but my new uh, Elite Series 2 controller, oh my god. Isn't that thing awesome? Every other oh. controller should be melted down and like formed <laughs> into a big controller turd for it's, all time. It's really that good, huh? It is the greatest thing ever made. Huh, interesting. Did you equip anything to the paddles? I don't know how the paddles work, and I really? find it super confusing. Oh, you <laughs> like, I'll hit them out. by accident all, sometimes, and then, like, Cal does the stuff move. I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. Yeah, you got to figure <laughs> that out, because they're, they're pretty sweet when you do that. Chase says, well, when you built in Fortnite, he had all of his building, like, macros, oh, basically, to it. So, like, I'm watching him play Fortnite. I'm like, holy balls, kid. Like, <laughs> starting to get off on a tangent on how awesome this controller is, but, like, the things that he can do, I'm like... I thought I was good at games and like things like like his fast twitch and everything. Like probably being a hockey goalie helps with. That. I don't know, but like he would whoop my ass at anything <laughs> like combat shooting, anything like just his his twitch and the way that like his hands move on the controller when he's building and shooting and like I'm like wow, dude, how the heck do you even do that? I mean, this is an Xbox podcast, so I think it's okay to talk about like one of their like most expensive. <laughs> They're a hundred and eighty dollar controller. <laughs> That I got on sale for 140 and I will do it again if I ever see it at that price point. Casey, it would have been fascinating to see you if video games were this good when we were kids. Because you've always had remarkable Twitch reflexes. It's one of the things that I find most irritating about you. <laughs> thank, thank you, Tom. That and your voice and your handsome looks and your fishing ability. And uh, just your general all-around good at stuff nature. It just really gets under my skin. <laughs> Super sorry and not sorry. See, that's why he has me around because I'm not really good at any of that stuff. So he's just like, hey, yeah, somebody I'm better at. Yeah, that stuff. Oh, you're you're much better at a whole lot. I'm always amazed at your your knowledge of video gameness and pop I think culture. He's talking and about you. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Tom, you, yeah, we'll just no. skip yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're you're good at Tom. I am so good at Tomming, man. You are. Let's have some whiskey and like really go after our closest friends in the world. Yes, you are. You are really good at being the agitator. And if Maytag made you as an appliance, it would be called the agitator. Yeah, I should get a shirt that says agitator. 
coming back to the combat in Jedi Fallen Order, they try to give you multiple tools between the Force powers and everything else at your disposal. I primarily use dodge, parry, slash. Those are the things I use. Like when I see an opportunity, I will gleefully force push someone off a cliff. That uh-huh. just makes me giggle every yes. single time I do it. Stupid uh, Knight Brothers. They are slightly resistant to the Force, so they're really hard to push off the cliff. But like Stormtroopers, oh, so many Stormtroopers went falling to their death on Zepho. Yeah, it, the Force powers in general were lots of fun to use. Um, I did also like mostly default to just doing your base attacks. Uh, I did like doing the power dash whenever I had enough force power. So, like, you you hold down triangle and you, like, dash at someone and do a strong Oh, that's what my paddle was doing. That might have been what it was. Because, yeah, that, that one, I, I loved that attack to, like, close distance between guys. Interesting. My go-to move for that situation was the sprinting attack. It was before, because you get that you can unlock that long before you get the sprinting attack. And so that's why I use that a lot earlier on. Now that I have the sprinting attack, I mostly just sprint everywhere because I block everything as I'm sprinting and then just slash the first thing I can hit. Um, and and I, I think there is nothing more satisfying than like just going into a room with five like normal stormtroopers and just perfectly timing every single shot that they shoot at you and you just kill them with their own shots. Like that is so much fun in this game. It's nothing compares to that. I don't think in any video game ever. Because <laughs> it's just too much fun. It's just pew, 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 pew. They're all dead. I don't know. Casey was having a ball in uh, Wolfenstein leaping up in the air and meleeing people. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> yes, even though that's probably not the way the game was supposed to be played, but it was super fun. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. Early on in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I was spending all of my skill points on lightsaber skills. Later in the game, when uh, I was just about fully unlocked and everything, I'm just like, yeah, whatever, I have a skill point, this only costs one. Now I have this thing. But early on, my focus was on lightsaber skills. Did you guys take a similar approach, or were you different with your character upgrades? I went the complete opposite way. So everything that I pumped in early was maximizing my health and maximizing my amount of force that I that I had. So um, I right now only I think have two lightsaber skills. Everything else is is all health and. No wonder you got your ass kicked in Dathomir. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have any of that on Dathomir. I only had like I don't even think I had an upgrade yet when I went to Dathomir. <laughs> Oh, that must have been fun. <laughs> I think the first thing I focused on was life stuff. So, like, the the one that gives you more life, and then the first one that you can unlock that makes the stims heal for more. And then I kind of bounced back and forth between lightsaber saber skills and force skills. And I, I didn't do too much of the force stuff until I actually unlocked more force abilities. And then I was like, okay, now I'm going to prioritize this because I can actually make use of having a larger force meter um, or stronger force abilities. So, and I went with lightsaber because the one thing that I carried forward from my first playthrough of this game is that aggression is usually the answer. When I'm stuck in, yeah. especially in like an arena or something, like usually I just need to be more aggressive. I mm-hmm. get bogged down trying to dodge, trying to parry, trying to find an opening. And sometimes you just gotta get in there and wail on the second sister and pray that you can get her down to that half, uh, halfway mark on her life so that the story continues to advance. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That, that That is a lot of it. Like, if you try to sit back too much, uh, the game takes advantage of you in lots of different ways. Yeah, then they all start calling you meat and super frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> the story follows Cal Kestis, a Jedi Padawan who cut himself off from the Force after Order 66. He accidentally exposes his Force powers to save a friend and the Empire begins hunting him. He is rescued by a former Jedi trying to restore the Jedi Order. He finds a lead on a Jedi holocron that lists young Force users across the galaxy and goes on a quest to gather all the MacGuffins required to access the holocron. Burns, you've been playing a ton of Horizon. Did this story hold its weight with industry heavyweights? I think the story was fine. I mean, it's not it's not terrible. It's it's good. The story's good. Sorry that when I said fine, that that's a very loaded term for me. So I should I should avoid that. The story's good. It's not like anything groundbreaking by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it's a, basically a parallel parallel to Luke Skywalker. It's a lot. It's a lot similar, and it's but it, it's it does a good job of not making it seem too similar. Uh, and, and I think they do a, they do a good job of having like nice dialogue between him and BD one like always having something else there for the character to talk to so that you know you don't just seem like you're 
a schizo like Aloy just talking to nobody all the time. <laughs> but uh, I, I think uh, the story, the story is good. The story is there when it needs to be there. And then it's not there when, you know, it would just get in the way. So you have like your exploration bits where you're moving from piece to piece to piece. Every now and again, that will be interrupted by a story beat. But usually it's just like it's going to be once you get to like a boss battle or something like that, where it'll like interject or once you get to what your destination was, then it's going to uh, it's going to interject. Uh, so otherwise, imagine if Bloodborne took that approach. Like you get to the uh, like the Temple Beast, and it's like, oh, here's why this thing exists and why it's trying to kill you. That would be super compelling. No, no, you got to piece it together from little things that you find in random places in order to really, really figure that out. And like, I, I know I'm throwing shade in that direction, but I and- did also like compare it to. Um- Horizon, so that's not necessarily setting any story up for success. Right, right. Um, but th- that that like it wasn't trying to be a story based game in the way that Horizon is. I don't think either. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like filling that role that that spot in between, um, which I think it does pretty well. I- Speaking of filling the spot in between, Casey, in the Batman episode, we talked an awful lot about your absolute love for Twilight. <laughs> I, think yes, I think you talked about it. I don't know how much I actually talked about it. You had big googly eyes when we were talking about the sparkly vampires. Oh, yes, we love sparkly vampires. Did Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order hold a candle to your beloved uh, favorite story in the universe, Twilight? Um, yes, it was so much better than Twilight, which is a series that I have not seen and or read any of the books. Um, I do love everything Star Wars, though. <laughs> and so far, I think the story uh, in this game has been really good. Uh, it actually makes me want to learn more about what happened after Order 66. And I think a lot of that can be seen in the animated Clone Wars series, which is something I've really been meaning to go back and... Or not go back, actually watch. But there's just so many mm-hmm. episodes. It's so time-consuming. And there's so much other fun stuff to watch that I've just never got back to it. But right. after playing some of this, I'm like, I really should go back and watch that. Because it is a really interesting story. And all the different characters that they've introduced, um, you get some of it in, in this game. And, and I feel like I'm kind of missing some of some of what's there. Yeah, that's the thing with Clone Wars, from what I've heard from people, is that there's just lots of filler and like early on, it took a while for it to find what it was trying to do. So a lot of the early episodes are just like not great unless you are a 10 year old or younger, <laughs> sure. uh, because it's just it, it takes a while for it to find, I think, what narratively it was trying to do. And later on, it gets a little bit more serious in the story and a little bit more focused in the stories it's trying to tell. Whereas at first it's pretty scattershot. It's like, oh, we're following this band of of uh, of clone troopers right now, and then hey, we're gonna follow this Jedi now, and then we're gonna follow this dude, and it's just all over the place at first, and that's why I never really made it super far into the show. Well, hopefully my daughters will be into it someday, I'm and sure then I'll will. have an excuse to watch it. I thought the story in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Fallen Order was really good. I just wish the companions were more involved. Yeah, Greasy and Siri basically sit on the ship the whole time, and like they'll talk to you on the radio occasionally. I just I wish there was more of them. Diving in a little bit deeper on the narrative, how did Cal and BD One fare as protagonists? I thought it worked. Um, I'm really interested to see if they incorporate Cal into any future Star Wars shows or projects. I mean, he's not in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, and they. Uh... Is he in it? No, I actually, it's funny you say that because I went back and checked after I thought about it and I'm like, is he in there? And and no, he's, he's not in there, which is kind of surprising. And they have, they've brought in a lot of characters into that game. And, yeah. you know, with my in-depth knowledge of Star Wars, I, uh, I know every one of them. Did they ever add in Aiden Versio, the character that they were pushing from Battlefront 2? No. So I wonder if they're maybe just trying to avoid... Nope. Adding in those characters. Because they wrote a book about, like, Iden Versio. That was that came the out main with- character in Battlefront? Yeah. She was, like, She's the... She's in the game. She's in Galaxy of Heroes. She's, like, the Emperor's, like, guard. Not guard, but, like, her... They're his specific troops that serve the Emperor, and then the Death Star blows up, and you're following them as they kind of bounce back and forth between supporting, like... Isn't that the guy who put the... I'm trying to think... Iden Versio uh, is a gal. 
She has dark hair. Yeah. She's played by, if you've ever seen the show The League, she's played by the person who plays Shiva. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Shiva. Janina Gavanka. I don't think she's she's in the game then. I'm trying to think of, is it the Han Solo? A Han Solo is a character in Star Wars. No, I did the the Han Solo story. (laughs) I forget what that is. Oh, it's just called Solo. Solo. Yeah. Yeah. A Star Wars story. Um, Yeah, she's in the game, but it's not her. No, but Eden Versa is in the game. Who who is the. There's a bad guy in the end of that movie. He's. Well, he's. Vision. The guy who plays Vision. Yes. What what the hell is his name? Paul Bettany is his name. I don't know. I don't remember what the character's name is, but yes. Man, I swear that. He's like the black sun, oh, that's, right? It's, is it Drayden? I, I don't remember what the hell his name is. Either way, Iden Versio <laughs> is not in the game. So, tangent. She, <laughs> she, she certainly is, but uh, Casey, you had an affinity for BD-1. Yeah. Where so. did he rank amongst droids in Star Wars for you? I, I, I don't know where I would rank him. Um, K2SO from Rogue One is my favorite. What uh, stands out to you so much about K2SO from Rogue One? Just the snarkiness and the humor and the back and forth. I, I love Rogue One. Do you like that I call the actor portraying him after <laughs> the show? <laughs> that was a fun moment. Yeah, <laughs> you did such a good job. And you that's that's like you thought you just rolled with it. You thought that's just this is how this is pronounced. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still do. I just don't say it aloud anymore. <laughs> Um, um. Yeah, but no, I I Rogue One is a movie is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. It actually might be my favorite Star Wars movie ever. It's right up there with uh, Return of the Jedi. And um, were you stoked by the crossover in this game, or was it not super interesting for you? Or did you not get oh, the? Have you not oh, gotten spoiler. the yet? Huh? Have you, have you not gotten the Kashyyyk yet? No, that's my next. Oh, my okay. next planet. Gotcha. Ah. Well, there's there's a there's a character that pops up that's in that movie. We oh, won't cool. tell you which one, so it'll still be yeah. a, a surprise. Yeah, surprise. 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 I'll probably never get back to this game because I'm gonna have to play whatever game Tom tells me to play next, and then yeah. I hey. will go on to next month, and then the next month, and I just keep having hundreds of games now that are in my backlog that I'm never going to go back and finish. Welcome to the club. I don't tell you what games to play, Casey. The community tells you what games to play. You won't vote on that. I tell Burns what games to play. Burns, get on XCOM. It's installed. Yeah, I played the first mission. There's a lot more stuff in number two. I bet. I thought that uh, Cal and BD were great together. Cal was interesting, if not particularly noteworthy. Burnsy, a question for you. Who is the Traveler? Did you get to the Traveler? You had the most wonky experience on Dathomir. I had no idea. It's it, I, so. I mean, is it my, Luke? Is Luke Skywalker the Traveler? No, it's not Luke. I, I could I could assure you it's not Luke. Because this is Order sixty six time period, right? Shortly, because this is so like within five years of Order sixty six, yeah, right? So like Luke, Luke would still be a kid okay. at that point. Well, who on God's green earth or the galaxy far, far away is the Traveler? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I guess I don't know if it's going to get revealed in the game or not. I, I, was, I was almost wondering if it was like some weird thing where it was his master that got like separated out of his body or took over another some but weird his master stuff wasn't like a human. I know. That's what I was saying. Like it was his master like somehow got kicked out into another body or it's like the Cordova guy that you're trying to track down and he didn't, he didn't die and he got twisted somehow on Dathomir. And that's why he's just that. Like, those are the only ideas I had. That would make a lot of sense. It could be Cordova. I think at the end of this game, this is pure speculation because I don't know what happens. I didn't get there and I didn't look it up, but I assume that Cal is going to convene with the ghost of his former master, Joro Topal, because like Cal's big thing is that he can sense force echoes. Like he can touch something and like get a sense of the person who had that thing and what their last moments were. So I assume he's going to have a heart to heart with his Jedi ghost master. That, that very well could be. I, so speaking of Cal, I, I wish he had a little bit more. I told you she was in the game. I wish he would have had a little bit more of a personality. He's just very, very like plain. And like, I, I don't know. I just wish there was just something more to his character. And maybe later in the game, more of that comes out. But well, he just, there's just not much to him. He is kind of like the flat character 
And it, maybe if some of the side characters had a lot more panache to them, like Grease is good. I like Grease, but there's not enough other characters to have big personalities to make him okay as just being a, you know, New Hope Luke personality where he just doesn't really have much of one. Well, it's interesting because he has spent the last few years hiding on Bracca as a ship uh, scavenger yeah. to try to survive. And so, like, he's had to, like, blend in to protect his life. So I get him starting out as a plain character. I got a little bit further in the story than you, and he's starting to become more confident in his abilities to the point of being arrogant. Like, he isn't okay. flamboyant, but there's been a definite shift. And now that I'm on Dathomir, I wonder how that's going to impact him. I desperately wanted to get through death mirror but last night i i had to drive into the office today so like i just oh, couldn't stay up late couldn't enough to stick do it. with it yeah. to get through death mirror last night so i don't know i i get your assessment early in the game but he does grow a little bit beyond the narrative in this game there are tons of environmental puzzles in this game bernsey were the environmental puzzles fun or tedious some of them were fun some of them were tedious uh If you had to tip the scale one way or another, would you say they were more fun or more tedious? I would say it really, it was like a teeter-totter back and forth between for me. There was some of them where it was like, okay, this is kind of cool the way I'm like going through this environment to get to this spot. And then it finally came time to figure out how to do the last thing in an area. And you're just like, okay, I'm looking at everything there's no way to tell what it is i need to do oh you gotta you gotta speaking about the last thing on zephyr right the last you gotta light this weird spot on fire on the top of this chain and like i just without looking that up i don't know how you just surmise that that thing was a thing that you needed to burn and you ask bd1 like it's like the game tells you hey ask bd1 for hints and it's like you ask him for hints and he says the shit that i just did it's like (laughs) Droid, catch up. Like, you're with you're on my back this entire time. You know what I'm doing. What else do I need to do? I just did this stuff. So so I think there's a couple of times where things got pretty obtuse. There's also a couple of times where it's like, okay, I was just doing the wrong thing. Once I figured out that I needed to do this, it, like, all made sense. But, like, that was the Zepho one, I think, was one of them that was a real good example of that. And then if you fail, like, you fall or something like that. You got to walk all the way back up. Like there's some shortcuts there, but it's still like it's a climb to get back up to the top to do the stupid things that you need to do. And so the first two Zepho tombs each had a puzzle that I had to look up and it got super frustrating. One was right at the end. Like I think I was just trying to get out of the stupid temple. Yeah. And it was really challenging just to get back to the elevator. The other one was the last part of the puzzle to unlock the thing. Yeah. What a great description that was! But no, because you're just trying. You're not. You're trying not to be super explicit about what it is. But, but yeah. So I think th- there's times where it was like that. But then there's other times where like the things kind of clicked together pretty like pretty smartly and made sense. And I thought I thought that those were interesting. It's just sometimes you hit those where you're either looking at it from the wrong perspective or, like I said. The, the solution seems so obtuse. It's like those old school adventure games where it's like, you're supposed to know you're supposed to grab the pocket knife five screens ago and then plug it into this <laughs> one socket. spot here to get the gum to be able to get past the guard. Like you knew that that was what you needed to do. It's just like, okay, yes, this is, this is that kind of game, I guess at this instance. So I'm just going to fight this stupid purge trooper for the eighth time because I needed to meditate because I got hit by the stupid little thing I keep running by in the base floor when I keep falling down. Yeah. yeah. Zepho was maybe what I was really, really ang- angered by because otherwise I liked that. I liked a lot of the things on that planet a lot, but like that main sort of solution to that puzzle was just like maddening. Yeah, super frustrating. Casey, you had a different experience from us in this game. What were your thoughts towards the environmental puzzles? I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I thought they were fun. And maybe it's just because I haven't hit any ones that are like extremely challenging yet. Like so far I haven't had to look up anything. Um you know, the first temple and everything, I made it through that pretty easily. Um, and just the ones as you're running through the, the different levels and stuff like that, I've mainly been able to figure out by using the holocron map and, and some other things to get, get around that way. But, um, and normally I don't like when puzzles are breaking up 
your experiences with combat and things. That's just not something that usually jives with me very, very well in a game. But in this game, it seemed to to work. And so far, I haven't been overly frustrated with anything that I've had to do. You would love, <clears throat> excuse me, you would love the second trip to Kashyyyk. That is by far my favorite board in the game so far. It's mostly environmental puzzles, and it's so well done. I feel like they had to have started development there. Like that had to be the area of the game that had the most love and care and put into it because everything, everything was so good in it. Even the stupid like uh, sliding board. Generally speaking, I hated every slippery slope in this game because it was super <laughs> frustrating. The camera always sucked. You couldn't get Cal to do what you needed him to do. There'd be like a rope you have to jump to. It'd be very tricky yeah. to get it down. Except for Kashyyyk. They nailed that one. It was like, oh, this is an awesome mechanic. Let's jam it in 57 more times in this game and <laughs> yeah, not polish it. Yeah, there's there's a few of them that have like a real steep curve on them, and your momentum almost always the first time you go onto those sliding areas just takes you off the edge. It's just like, okay, I guess I'll approach that again. <laughs> well, how about the one, too? <clears throat> I forget what planet it's on. It's like uh, it's the first one where you fight the ATST, whatever planet that is. But there's a, a slope on that one. Ice caves, uh, and I think if you actually you go back, it's where the rotating discs are, and you have to jump through the through the holes oh, as yeah. you're sliding, and it's like a timing thing. I died so many times on that, like I could yeah, I not, cursed a lot in that. I could phase. not get the timing right because like, the controls just didn't work. Yeah, and you're jumping, and then you slam into the disc, and then you fall to your death, and then you have to start over again. And well, you <laughs> you slam to the disc, using and you force fall slow on them, right, to try to slow them down. It doesn't slow you down though, but, but at the it's, same, t- it's so like you gotta like use the force slow so that like the gap in the circular thing is there, so you could just jump through it. You don't. Well, yeah, but the, that doesn't. Okay, I don't. <laughs> I don't know how it would have helped me that much for for what was happening in that instance. I guess I could have slowed it from a farther distance, but it just seemed to me because there was only like four slots in the disc as you're going through. I don't know. I ended up getting through without using force slow. Oh wow, that that's, is that's... freaking impressive. <laughs> yes. That is amazing. That was like a must for any of those things. Just yeah, just that is uh... slow them down so you can jump through it pretty easily, and then. <laughs> Are you aware that you play video games wrong, Casey? <laughs> I just I need to be challenged. That's that's it. You know, like things are just too easy for me. I, I have to challenge myself. <laughs> well, God bless you for that. I'm going to make a bold statement. Outside of Kashyyyk, outside of Kashyyyk, every slide should have been stripped from this game. Every single one of them, because they all sucked. Oh, There's yeah. one on Dathomir that was just horrific. Yeah, I don't know if I ever got to any slides on Dathomir, but uh, I think they're I think they're okay. Like, Especially like the ice caves, like those make sense. The, the ice caves, the thing that frustrated me is like I would walk into it's like oh what's in here and then I'd accidentally step on the thing and it'd be an elevator it took me right back to where I came from it's like and it's like I instantly (laughs) realized the mistake I made but I have to wait the minute for the elevator to take me back up to the other spot and she's like I'll just go back down the ice cave again and (laughs) these games were clearly not optimized for Xbox Series X Xbox Series S and PlayStation 5 did you play it on your 4 or did you play it on 5 I played it on the 5 that so the load times were brutal on the Series X. They were like the worst of any game I played on the Series X. Right, compared to compared to I think other games that were on So like especially it's it's interesting cuz I played Horizon Zero Dawn and the load times were a little bit faster, but they're still pretty slow cuz I was playing them on my external hard drive cuz I didn't install it on my PS5 SSD. Um but then I played Horizon Forbidden West and it was like like instant load times. This is like, yeah, all right. This is how you play games. Um, I feel like this straddled the middle a little bit. Um, it, it there was some times where it would take a while, but it wasn't like massive. It wasn't bloodborne amounts of loading. Like I even I on the PS5, on my PS5, and it didn't seem that bad. So I guess when I had it installed on the PS5, it wasn't installed on the SSD. So I probably was still like experiencing PS4ish load times with it. Um, but those were like astronomical compared to the ones in this game, at least. Um, but yeah, I it, I because I'm playing the PS5 upgraded version of it, um, and so I don't know. I mean, it looks good. It seems to it seems to it seems to be pretty decently fast loading anyway. Um, but longer than like Forbidden West or some of the other games I played on PS5. That's for sure. Outside of the excruciating load times, where did this game struggle, Burns? So, 
Until you get force pull, the vines oh my God. are the worst freaking things ever because you have to be lined up exactly correctly. And even then, sometimes Cal doesn't grab the things. Which is super frustrating, but I would say that the most frustrating, the truly most frustrating part in the game is when you're on one of those stupid slides yeah. and shooting at a vine. Yep. That was yes. unfortunately worse. Yes. And, and then you realize at a point, oh, there's a chest that if I take the vine a different direction, I can get to it. And then I like take the vine over. I, I, I jump over to like this spot where I can get there. And it's just like, oh crap. Now I got to take the vine all the way back around to the spot. It's just like, Arr. so yeah, the vines I think were one of like the main struggle points I had with this game until you get force pull. And even then, sometimes you just don't get close enough and just kind of hosed if you don't hit it fast enough. Oh, I didn't have much of a problem with them once I hit force. Like, I'd just go sprinting and leap off a ledge, hit force pull, and generally that worked. Yeah. Every now and again, I either wasn't, like, aiming my... I wasn't facing the right way or something, because I'd hit force pull, and it just never, like, highlighted the thing to grab it. It was only a couple of times. Most of the times it works, but... So, yeah, th those, the vines, for sure, were a struggle point. Bernsey hated the environmental challenges with the fiery passion. Casey, where did this experience drag down for you? <laughs> uh, if I had not gone to Dathomir in the very beginning, uh, I wouldn't really have any issues with the game. Those vines were extremely frustrating. Uh, and that was part of my big issue with Dathomir is that double vine jump to get back across to get to the ship from where I was stuck. That was like... Super frustrating. So for, force pull would have been extremely handy in yes. that in that situation. <laughs> yes. Um, and I can see with this game how it you know might be too difficult for some people. And I think for the most part, when people are playing a Star Wars game, they aren't really looking for maybe this type of combat mechanic. Um, they want a good narrative, fun characters, and and I think this game has that. Uh, I'm just not sure with the difficult combat and dying a whole bunch in the beginning of the game that. Um, you know, as you're learning, it's something that a lot of people could maybe overcome. So I wanted to jump in on the difficulty because we haven't talked too much about it yet. I really didn't think this game was that difficult. I, I played it on the Jedi Master difficulty level, which is Can the second highest. Can you remind what the levels are? It's like So uh, it's like Story, Jedi Knight, Jedi Master, and Jedi Grandmaster. Um, and so like Jedi Master, it's basically all of the all of the like three sliders that it shows to show you what that difficulty is doing are in the middle. And then if you do grandmaster, it's like the dudes are harder and everything like that. Uh, and really it's like, I, I don't think there's any boss that I really like struggle struggled with on. Oh, just any, keep pushing and cash my friend on any, like on any level compared to like, most of the bosses you fight in Bloodborne. Like, I, I think that, and, and I think mobs, like, there's times I died to mobs in this game, but I think the mobs were much more deadly in Bloodborne, too. Like, and I, like I said, maybe this is just an experiential thing, but it, it, to me, like, the game didn't seem like I never, there was a couple times where I got frustrated with a fight or two. But there was never anywhere close to like a from software level of frustration um, playing this game for me anyway. Well, it's, I just like you said, it's an experience sort of thing for you, right? And you guys have played this type of right. combat system in the past with Dark Souls and Bloodborne, all those all those types of games. As a casual Star Wars right. fan, picking up this game for the yeah. first time and having to experience that, I'm not sure how far into the game you would get before maybe you're experience and, mm -hmm. and the difficulty with some of that because i think you would have a lot more hard time me you know someone who's never played a video game before <laughs> i i was able to overcome it because i'm just that awesome so it wasn't that big of a deal for me but somebody who is who has never played a video game and doesn't have the elite skills that i have may find it a little bit more difficult i think well, it's nice that they have the story mode option for that. Yeah, we have uh, we talked recently about difficulty in games. Was that on mic, off mic? 
I think you and I had a discussion about the Souls games in particular. Maybe we were, it was unfiltered we were talking with Adam about it. Oh, Ring. probably because we were talking about Elden Ring and stuff too, yeah. Yeah. I respect that From Software makes their games hard. They want that experience so that they don't give you the option to change that. The game is as hard as it is. I appreciate that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order gives you some control over that. Like, you can just put it down to story mode and just mow through it if you wanted to. Yeah. Which, I mean, you kind of have to if you want to appeal to people, you know, that that just want to play Star Wars, right? Yeah. Uh, and just want want to run around with a lightsaber and kill things. and, and Or kids, right? I mean, you know, if you have a 12-year-old that really likes Star Wars, um, I think I, I think this is a this is a decent it's not super violent like i mean one you're chopping with the dudes game. in half you're not no you're never chopping a dude in half if you cut a droid it's going to chop it in half if or you cut spider. fauna or a spider it's going to cut things off of them it never cuts a piece off of a dude ever hmm. like not true off of off of a human humanoid really yeah, you haven't gotten there yet. Okay. So maybe there is an instance where you actually do, but it's like you're fighting a normal stormtrooper or a purge trooper or anything like that. Like you like slice them through the stomach like you're cutting them in half, but they're still in one piece afterwards. Um, so you can't like Darth Maul, you can't even cut him in half apparently. So, um, you know, and that was something that happened in, in like the most kiddie Star Wars game yeah. or movie. So, so. But like I said, I'm not through the whole game yet, so maybe I do cut a bunch of people in half and it's just have to get there. <laughs> just you wait, my friend. Just you wait to answer my own question on where this game struggled. Slide, slide, slippity slide. <laughs> oh my god, those freaking slides, they sucked so hard. I also made a note that the bounty hunters were super frustrating. There is a cool story thing that I don't want to spoil, yeah. but it explains an issue that one of us had with this game. Well, I shared the same issue. It's It often sucked to get back to your ship after doing something. Like, the tombs on Zepho are a great example. Like, I kept getting lost getting back. Yeah. There's lots of different paths. And uh, it turns out there's a story reason, I think, why you can't just warp back to your ship, which uh, is unfortunate. <laughs> uh, but I understand why they did it. And then occasionally, you'll, after that story point, you'll run into bounty hunters here and there. And yeah. they suck. So, they suck. But I actually, like, really like that addition into the game at that point. Because it's, it's something new to just kind of get in the way. And they're randomized. Like, that's the other crazy thing is that... So I, I've had it happen a couple of times now where it's like, okay, I go into an area and, oh, shoot, it's this it's this bounty hunter and his massive droid that you got to try to take down. I got killed by them. Come back to that area. It's, you know, what usually is there, a bunch of stormtroopers and a spider. And it's like... Yeah, I think they're, I think they're like randomly dropped into different places because then I had another spot where I was running through on, on Kashyyyk and uh, I died at a spot where I didn't know why I, sh I shouldn't have died and then I went back to um, I went back to my meditation point and jumped through like the same room I was going through and there's two bounty hunters there and so I think they're like they just randomly drop into different places at times, which is pretty. I don't. Know, I think that's kind of an interesting way to mix the game up a little bit because otherwise you kind of get used to it's like this room's this way, this room's this way, this room's this way until a story thing maybe changes that a little bit. Um, and so I thought that was kind of a like a refreshing breath of fresh air to like oh I got this random new challenge here um, and I don't know if they defeat you if you if they just sort of circle back through or not, I'm guessing you fight all of them eventually till you d defeat them all. But well, I just ran into two and I ran into them twice in the same room once departing in Kashyyyk for the second time. Interesting. And then coming back after I completed all the stuff in Kashyyyk, you have to, of course, walk your ass all the way across the entire board to get back. And they're in that same room again on the return trip. Interesting. And it's a lot longer walk from the uh, uh -huh. back end to the front. So that was a little frustrating. Were you able to defeat any of them? No. Okay. I, I did take down two of them. I didn't even get close. Yeah. Because it's like... Do you remember the names on yours? Uh, not really, no. Mine was like a weird word and then a name, like something Jane. Yeah, and I didn't fight that one. I fought one guy with his big robot, and then there's one where it's like two dudes that look the same. I killed the actual bounty hunter, but not the normal guy. Because that one guy had normal health, the other guy had like the boss health bar. I defeated the guy with the boss health bar and then just got, like, whittled down by the other stupid dude before I could finish him <laughs> off. He had, like, a sliver left, and I didn't quite get him. Um, and then I 
killed the one that you first meet and yeah. defeated him. You have to, otherwise the story doesn't go on, right? Did- no, I he like randomly popped up and I defeated him. He randomly popped up on your way back from the second Zepho tomb? No, no, no. He randomly popped up later oh, after that stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been very impressed if you beat him on that. No, 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 I don't think you can. Did you break the game? No, I don't yeah. think you can. Because <laughs> right, he, he whooped my bottom. Oh, yeah. I didn't stand a chance against him. Overall thoughts and takeaways on Star Wars, Jedi, Fallen Order, Burns, we'll start with you. Oh, this game's a lot of fun. I, 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 I came into it not 100% sure what I was... What I remembered from when I first played it was I kind of struggled with the wall running but I was playing it pretty late at night because I played it like the night it launched, I think. And so by the time it installed and everything like that, I was pretty bleary eyed. And mm. so it got time to timing like the wall running. And I was just sort of like, Ugh, I need to stop playing this for a while. But and I actually I went back. Yeah, I didn't go back until until. Yeah, recently. Oh, wow. I, I've been meaning to go back. You know, it's one of those games that's been sitting there and it's just like, I'd really like to play that because I've had a couple other friends play it and beat it. And they really liked it. And they like, you know, they like the story and everything like that. So it's like I really wanted to get back to it. It's just. You know, the pile of games, it just grows, and there's no way to get through it all. Yeah, I hear you. I needed a break on my first playthrough. Uh, I forgot that I actually went to Dathomir on my first playthrough. I must have followed a similar path to Casey. I guess I'm just better at games. <laughs> because I went I went to Dathomir. I couldn't clear it. I went to, I did the two first two Zepho tombs with Kashyyyk in between. And then at the end of the second Zepho tomb, I just needed a break. Like, I was I had not played Bloodborne yet, so I was not adept with this style of game, and I just I ground as far as I could ground. I needed a break, and then just never went back to it. Yeah, I I mean I I hit a I hit a stopping point well before that, yeah. and I just never made it back to. So I know I know what that's like. But and going back now though, I love this game, Casey. Your final thoughts and takeaways? Yeah, after my initial struggles i really grew to enjoy my time with fallen order um although frustrating at times i think the overall story and gameplay is engaging and fun enough to make me want to continue playing so i definitely haven't hit a wall yet although i almost did find it in the first two hours of of playing thankfully i got past it so casey you're going to go back and finish one of the games that you didn't finish that we've played do you finish jedi fallen order or do you finish Outriders? Or Sunset Overdrive. Or Sunset Overdrive. I'll throw that in there. Oh, man, that's tough. Like, which of those three, if you had to pick one to finish, which one would you actually go th- carry through to the end, you think? Probably Jedi Fallen Order, only because it's a Star Wars video game. I like the story. Um, I feel like it may connect to some of the Star Wars universe and stories that they're going to tell in the future. So that intrigues me. Um, Outriders I loved, but I think finishing it with a group of friends would be a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. And me trying to finish it solo would probably not be as enjoyable. <laughs> uh, Sunset Overdrive, I, I had a blast in that game, but the overall story is not quite as intriguing to me. So I think Fallen Order would be the one that I would I would go with. That would be the one for me, too. Casey, you're wearing a St. Paul Saints hat tonight. It's got a plaid print. Is that a nerd St. Paul Saints hat? A nerd St. Paul Saints hat? No, I don't think so. It's The nerd wears plaid. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it looked cool. <laughs> I'm going to assume that is nerd branded. Shout out to OIO Patreon Chris Olson. Although he doesn't... This show is free. He can hear this. Way to go, Chris. <laughs> Next month for Game Pass Forever, we play Marvel Avengers. Assemble your team of Earth's mightiest heroes, embrace your powers, and live your superhero dreams. So hard not to slide something dirty in there. (laughs) Marvel's Avengers is an epic third-person action-adventure game that combines an original cinematic story with single-player and cooperative gameplay with an asterisk. I didn't look at what the asterisk (laughs) meant. Assemble into a team of up to four players online, master extraordinary abilities, a grown... Customize a growing roster of heroes and defend Earth from escalating threats. It's probably something like you have to have Xbox Live in order to play cooperative or something like that is probably what the asterisk is for. Uh, well, I copied it off of Steam on my phone, so... Oh, then it's not that. Yeah, well, God only knows. Here's hoping we all uh, we all meet the criteria for that. <laughs> 
If you enjoy this content, please back our show on Patreon. This standalone segment, Game Pass Forever, is tied to a specific tier of support on Patreon. You can back us for as little as $2 a month, but at $10, you get an extra podcast from Tom and Joey. Check it out at patreon.com slash OIO. Thank you for listening to Game Pass Forever. Stay inside.